welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. Now, this is not the first episode of the year that is airing, but I admit this is the first episode that I am recording after the start of 2022. So hello from the other side of the calendar and my new planners, of course. I am going to start with a little pep talk. Yes, things are a little, you know, unpredictable right now. We have Omicron spreading. We have a lot of COVID in a lot of locations. Definitely a lot where I am. I've heard some people talk about this year like, it's ruined already. It's going to be another 2020. Or, you know, how can I plan anything when there's still so much uncertainty? But I do still think we are in a very different place than we were early in the pandemic in that we know a lot more about what to expect. We know what things are safe to plan. For example, you can plan to write in your journal or in most places, go for walks. You may not be able to plan to hold a giant party and you may not be able to plan an international vacation, but it doesn't mean that you're necessarily paralyzed when it comes to planning. It just means you have to be a little bit more flexible about certain types of plans and maybe embrace other plans that are more, as I've said previously, pandemic proof, like reading books, you know, those are not going anywhere or meditating or exercising. Many forms of exercise can be done safely no matter what's going on from a infectious disease perspective. So I guess I just want to say Try not to think of 2022 as tainted already or, you know, another year that's going to be a failure because I think there were a lot of wonderful things about 2021 and how we managed to adapt to the new challenges. And I think 2022 is just proving to be more of that as we continue to evolve and grow and learn more about ourselves and how to be flexible, but still have things to look forward to and anticipate and move towards intentionally. So that's my 2022 pub talk. If that resonates, great. If it doesn't, I'm so sorry. I still hope that this year improves for you as time goes on, as I do believe in my heart that it will. All right, so we're going to do in today's episode some listener tips as well as a Q&A segment. I haven't done a Q&A in a while, so thank you for sending me questions. The first thing I'm going to mention is that as this is airing on Monday the 10th, you might want to check out um, my recent interview on The Mom Hour. I was so excited. It's a fairly popular parenting podcast, and I've actually been on it three times now talking about all things planning and planning adjacent. And this year was extra special because it was actually a group episode where the host, Sarah Powers, interviewed myself as well as Dr. Christine Coe who is her own author, podcast host, just wonderful person all around. And we all shared our different strategies and it was so much fun to compare and contrast and just be part of that. So I will include in my show notes a link to that episode so you can check me out as well as Christine and the other Sarah, who's been a guest on this podcast on The Mom Hour. So in addition, I have gotten lots of listeners. I've actually gotten two listener recommendations within this past week that I need to check out the shop called Jenny Bick in Washington, D.C. Now, I'm talking about pandemic-proofing plans. And, you know, as it stands today, I'm hoping my family is able to take a trip to D.C. in April. That's what my 
daughter wanted to do for her 10-year-old birthday trip. So I'm really hoping that it can happen. But I am holding those plans kind of loosely in my head. Obviously, if it's really not feasible, we won't do it. But if we are able to do it, I am so going to the store. I found out that they actually stock Hobonichi covers, which I've never seen in person in a store environment. So I'm super excited about that. And also all kinds of brands that I had never heard of. One that listeners might be interested in checking out is called The Completist. They appear to be a European brand, maybe Scandinavian. And I had never seen their products before. And recent guest Anandi actually purchased their daily planner called the Stockholm Daily, which has an incredibly functional layout with a lot of grid lines and just an incredibly aesthetically pleasing look to it. And so even though this is not a review because I've never seen this product in person, I do plan on reviewing something from their collection in the future. And I just thought if anybody's having a very early in the year planner fail and is looking for something else, this is probably a brand you may not have seen before and something that you might be interested in checking out. So the brand is called The Completist and the store where Anandi purchased hers is called Jenny Bick. Uh, If anybody else is in the DC area, you may also know about this store because I actually literally received two emails very recently that I had to check it out. The third mention I wanted to go into uh, comes from Emma, and that is something called the O calendar. So the O calendar is a circular calendar that has all 365 days arranged in a circle. And it's just such a unique way of looking at the year in this like kind of cyclical manner, which it really is. I mean, I have think of it more like as a linear way, like, okay, you start at the front and then you move to the back and then a new year you start over, but it really is all connected. It's one circle. And so this is just a really fun way of visualizing your days. You could use it as a really cool habit tracker or just to track like different phases in your year or like what you're doing. I don't know, so many different purposes. They have a free version that's like not super high quality graphics and also a paid version that's a digital download that's like really high resolution if you wanted to print it out really big or something. And that's at O Calendar, like the letter O dash calendar.com. All right. One more interesting mention that I received from a listener. This one came from Terry. You guys know I previously talked about the Manta Planner, which is for um, individuals undergoing treatment for cancer. And that really does seem like a very important time in your life when a planner might be very helpful to guide you through all the nuances of treatment and, you know, kind of become a support ritual or a way of giving self-care. Well, this planner is actually for the other side. So again, full disclosure, I have never seen this planner in person. I don't know what it looks like, but I just thought it was such a cool idea. This is a planner designed for caregivers of those with a serious illness. So instead of having it be for the person with the illness themselves, this is for, you know, if there's a child that's seriously ill for the parent, or maybe you have an elderly relative that you're helping through treatment. And this planner can help guide you as a caregiver. It's called the No Matter What Planner. And you can read that about that at nomatterwhatplanners.org slash our dash story. Again, all links will be on the show notes on my blog. And I just thought this was such a beautiful concept. Um, and if you have someone that you know that is supporting their loved one with a serious illness, you might want to think about looking into this planner. All right, we are going to take a quick break And when we return, I'm going to answer some great listener questions that I've received. 
This episode is brought to you by PrepDish. Getting a healthy dinner on the table can be challenging, but I know many of us are making that a priority as the new year has hit. PrepDish is a tool that will help you keep up with planning and executing healthy meals even as we enter this busy new year. PrepDish is a meal planning service where you get weekly menus that are great at striking the right balance between healthy, kid-friendly, and convenient. As I'm planning meals on Sunday, I put my PrepDish meals straight into my planner, and that's when I do my grocery ordering as well. They offer keto, paleo, gluten-free, and super fast plans. We usually use that last one so that my meal prep can be done in just an hour on Sunday afternoons. PrepDish has two major benefits the way I see it. They do the work for you when it comes to choosing varied, healthy, and delicious meals for the week. I find myself getting really tired of the same repetitive meals when I have to think of them, but having Allison and her team choose them brings in so much more variety and fun, like the recent salmon bowls with coriander lime sauce. Second, she puts together an amazing game plan for prep day to make the rest of the week go smoothly. This can be done on a relaxing weekend afternoon with your favorite podcast in the background. It's really an amazing way to set yourself up for the week. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. So this is a great way to see if the plans will work for you. Check out PrepDish.com slash plans for this amazing deal. In addition to the super fast menus that I love, PrepDish has gluten-free, paleo, and keto options. So there's truly something for everyone. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash plans for your first two weeks free. If you try it, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick, and what I'm hoping to wear all season, is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly, air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, 
at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, we are back. So the first question is a voice question. It comes from Sarah. So I'm just going to go ahead and let it play. Oh, hello. I hope this new year finds you well. I have a rather specific question for you. So I work overnight shift at an animal hospital. I'm not a nurse. I'm a customer service rep, which means that I go out to cars and handle customers. Anyway, I really struggle finding a planner that works with overnight workers that isn't geared towards nurses. So I'm wondering if you have any um, suggestions for overnight planners. Um, Right now, I use Artful Agenda online, and I kind of miss the paper planner stuff. Um, So thought I would bring the best minds that I know into it. So, oh, also, I'm Sarah from Minneapolis. Thank you so much. All right. So... This was a question about planners for somebody that works at night. I thought this was so interesting. So the first thing I did was to look at my current planners and think about how I could use them for nighttime. And I have to say, the first thing that comes to mind is that my Hobu Nichi has all 24 hours written on their timeline, and it doesn't specify AM or PM. So you could certainly, you know, that would be a pretty versatile planner to use in terms of At the top, instead of considering it AM, you could consider it PM, and then you'd have a whole timeline there, and it wouldn't really be day or night specific. And then I realized that, honestly, this strategy could work for a lot of planners as long as you kind of ignored where the AMs and PMs were. So example, in the full focus, it does go, I believe, from 5 AM to 9 PM, but you could just use it as a 5 PM to 9 AM, for example. Now, I get it. I guess that it could be more difficult if perhaps you were beginning the day more at like 2 or 3 p.m., but I feel like there's enough lines on those pages that you could use a workaround. So I guess my biggest thought is that, you know, many planners could be just used in this kind of backwards manner without having to find a special product. But as usual, I always am interested to hear if listeners have other ideas. So if you're a night shift worker and have found a certain layout to be really, really helpful for you, please let us know and we can share that with Sarah uh, for how you can have a planner that works for you when your hours are reversed from what is more typical. All right. The next question comes from Sadie. She writes, I love your podcast and all things planner, but I have a problem I'd love to hear your perspective on. I have a couple of planners, notebooks, and all the pens, and frankly, sometimes it feels like clutter even though I use it all. I also love to take things along when I travel, but it gets unwieldy. I've been thinking a computer-style bag, but that doesn't really fit for my everyday storage needs. How can I keep the minimalist vibe I'm going for in my house while also having things easily accessible? So I'm with you, Sadie. I know there's some people who really like the look of abundance where, you know, you have a bunch of pens and everything's like on display and it just looks like a whole bunch of stuff. And it's like, 
I don't know. For me, <laughs> that's not exactly the aesthetic. I would prefer things to be more clear. Are they always clear? Not necessarily, because I have a lot of kids and a lot of moving parts. But the way that I design my storage is so that a lot of it, my stuff is not like on display and in my face. So I'll just share what I do. And then again, love to hear listeners weigh in on this as well. So I currently have a Sunday basket that I keep to the left of my desk. I actually made a tower of these like file boxes where I keep my kids This is a total aside, but I have a box for each kid. Actually, well, I need to have a box for each kid. I have a box for two out of three kids so far where I keep like their best work from each grade. I have a folder for each grade, like preschool all the way through 12th grade. And I've been like gradually filling those up over time. And those are cloth covered boxes. And when I stack two of them high, it kind of makes almost like a little table. I will take a picture, by the way, of what my setup looks like because I know these kinds of things are hard to hear on audio. Anyway, so I have that. And then on top of that, I have my Sunday basket from Organize 365, um, which I purchased. Again, they are a podcast sponsor, but I am an actual customer. So, you know, just mentioning that. So I have my Sunday basket and my Sunday basket has a lot of like my active files in it. But I found that I don't have that many active files. I actually, you know, I'm not, even though I plan a lot on paper, a lot of my life is digital. So I wasn't filling up my Sunday basket. And so I realized that the rest of it could be used for a lot of storage space for the planners that I'm using and like the stack of pens that I didn't want to shove in a drawer, etc. And so in the back of my Sunday basket, I actually have a knitting project bag. Now here's another digression. I do not knit. I've actually never knitted, but my sister owns a yarn store. So that's the reason I know all about project bags. And I did purchase this bag from my sister's shop. I'll give a link to the exact bag that I have, but it's the perfect size to fit like a bunch of planning stuff, but it also closes up really well. And it would be really great to take on the go. Like if you were going to a coffee shop, I mean, of course you could just use your regular handbag or whatever you use for work. But this bag has a ton of different little cute pockets. It's very durable. So I've kind of repurposed it as a planning stuff bag. And again, this closes up in the Sunday basket so it doesn't look like a big mess in there. And so that's what I use on that side of my desk. And on the other side of my desk, Again, I know a lot of people have those pen caddies that display them all, but I'd rather mine be closed up. So I have an inexpensive drawer tower, like a metal pretty narrow drawer tower from Ikea. If I can find a link to that, I'll share that as well. And that's where all of my pens and random stationary items go. Um, I have a drawer in that tower that is just for like black pens or not just black, but I guess like gel pens, ballpoint pens, you know, marker type pens. And then a separate drawer where I divide up where I use for like colored pens and like brush pens and highlighters and stuff like that. So I'm, you know, it's, it is very functional. I can just reach in and get what I need. I always know that one of the drawer has envelopes to grab. One of the drawers has like packing tape and yeah. And then I also have a couple of drawers underneath my desk that I use for my washi tape and stickers. And the other thing I have to say is you do have to go through things every once in a while and decide what you want to keep. Because if I've kept every planner adjacent piece of material that I've collected over the years, I would have too many (laughs) for my area to be anything close to minimalist. So yeah, that's kind of been my strategy. So ideas you might want to think about are a drawer tower to really close things up. Mine fits under my desk, so it's not even like obtrusive, but I can still reach for things very easily. 
as well as some kind of box to have file folders. And maybe you could stick a project bag in there as well. And we could take over knitting stores with all of our stationary supplies. No, I'm just kidding. But this does happen to be a very fun crossover for me since I do not knit, but I love to be able to support my sister. All right. The last question is something that is near and dear to my heart. And this one also comes from somebody named Sarah. So here we go. Hi, Sarah. My question revolves around how to plan with your spouse. You may or may not have touched on this before, but you know, I am more of the type A personality type that loves to plan. And in fact, I'm a project manager. My husband is a designer and a manager who he's a little bit more practical, but kind of more fly by the seat of his pants type personality. Of course, he always makes sure that, you know, things are taken care of, but I'm the one that's doing more of the nitty gritty planning in detail for our kids. We have an eight month old and a three year old, and I'm usually the one in charge of, you know, their childcare, extracurricular activities, any events that I want to plan with them and anything that revolves around the home, that's kind of my domain. And then, like I said, he's just kind of a, you know, he's a hard worker, but he's not (laughs) particularly that great at sitting down and planning things with me and goal setting. Like I love to do that. So we're just different personalities. He works just as hard, but you know, how do I get him to sit down with me and maybe plan a family vacation, for example? Because I do like to plan things out so far in advance, and I feel like he doesn't. But if I don't plan it in advance, you know, as a mother, you know, it just doesn't always work out. So have to be, you know, on top of things, because things can change with kids. So if you have any suggestions, now that it's a new year, I'm very motivated and gung-ho about the new year and the planning process. So any suggestions you have are greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. I love the podcast. All right. What a great question. So this one's tough. I get it. But if there are certain things in your life that you want to happen, then either you have to plan them. There's like three options only. Either you can plan them yourself You can involve him in the planning or you can not plan them at all, but then you have to accept that certain things won't happen. So for example, date nights, trips, kids' birthday parties, social gatherings. Very unlikely that most of those will materialize on their own. And now that you, I believe you have young kids, you find that this is even more true because if you want to do anything that doesn't involve said young kid, you need some kind of childcare, which is also not going to materialize on its own. So I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit and mention that I think when a partner refuses to plan but still wants to do things, they are probably kind of taking advantage of what I call planning privilege. Planning privilege is when you just assume that if you don't plan things, Someone else will do the heavy lifting and make it happen, at least for the important things. And I just, I don't know. I I think it's important to at least talk about this kind of openly, how that there are certain things that it's going to be very hard to be spontaneous with now that you have a child in your lives. And, um, you know, maybe you do decide that you're going to do most of the planning yourself 
and just let him know or ask him for preferences when he wants. But then you just have to be honest with yourself that that's, you know, how it is. Or maybe there are certain things that you would like help with specifically. So instead of having him put together like all of the plans for a weekend, you might say, my birthday's coming up and I'm hoping we could do something fun, but I don't want to be the one to put the planning together for that. So could you just like, you know, help out with that? And so then the plan is kind of specifically on your shoulders or his shoulders, but not diffusely on both, which really means you, the way you're describing things. The way we do it in our family is I definitely do more planning than my husband does, but he does come up with a lot of ideas and he's always willing to plan together when I mention that, which I truly appreciate. We usually try to make it fun. So we'll do it like as part of a date night and think of it more like scheming and dreaming about like what fun things we might want to do together as a family, like travel or take a date trip. If you have planning fatigue, I think you also have to be clear about that. You can be open and say, I know you don't love to plan, but certain things are not going to happen without some degree of planning. And I'd like help with X, Y, Z because I feel like I've been doing all of it and I just need a break. So I don't know. Maybe some people will take offense to the idea of planning privilege, but I think that people who are like, I just like to live spontaneously, but they also like to do things and they have young kids, they're probably just asking the other person to do a lot of the planning. And I think that deserves to be looked at, which is probably why you're asking this question. So I will get down off my soapbox. I hope this is at least a little bit helpful. But I think, again, kind of sitting together during a relaxed session, and even grabbing a piece of paper and talking about like scheming and fun things that you'd want to do together. Or again, I think I mentioned that like when my husband and I did a date weekend away, We spent a whole morning filling out calendars and thinking about what we wanted to do in 2022. So, you know, you may have to take that time intentionally together to think about it. Okay, hopefully that's helpful. If anybody else has advice or has dealt with this in their own relationship in an effective way, then please share. I'm sure this listener would appreciate that as well. Thank you so much for sending in that question. We can still find intention in our days. So I think planning is still worth it. I will be back next week on more things planning and planning adjacent. And you can always find the show notes on my blog, theshoebox.com. That's shoe spelled S-H-U. So T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. And just click on the graphic that shows best laid plans. And you'll find all of the show notes listed there, including for today's episode. Have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.